Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win. And support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ, the official ETF of the NCAA. The future isn't scary, not realizing its potential, however, could be. Just like on the recruiting trail, I've seen potential come in many forms as a coach. Learn more at Invesco.com slash QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. This is the Cork Today replay on C103. And can I kick it off on the 2nd of January by wishing each and every one of you a very happy and a peaceful new year and trusting and hoping that you all had a wonderful Christmas and if you were lucky enough to get presents at Christmas that there were things that you truly wanted and desired and that you spent time with family because I think that's what Christmas is all about. It's about relaxing turning to whoever's sitting beside you at some stage and saying what day of the week is it? It's just it's so that's so it gets so confusing the week in between Christmas Day and New Year's Day and I think when it when it falls in the middle of the week as Christmas Day did this year when it falls on a Wednesday I think that just adds to the confusion when it's at the weekend I think you're probably a little bit more grounded as to what day of the week uh, it was but uh, I had a, I certainly had a lovely Christmas I had a busy one we had a house full we had a family home from England and uh, it was very busy and it was lovely and I wouldn't want it any other way um, and a little bit exhausted by it all glad to be back actually the one thing I always feel about Christmas I always love coming back to work after Christmas I'm blessed in that I love doing what I'm doing but I love coming back because it means you're getting back into routine Routine. I think over the Christmas period, routine goes out the door and that's what the Christmas period is all about, I think, as well. But so it's nice to get back into the routine of eating more normal food, getting trying to get rid of all the biscuits and the chocolates that are still left in the house and the lovely cakes, get rid of all of those and get back into eating properly and eating at the right time of the day and drinking less alcohol and getting to bed on time and getting up at the same time. And there's something comforting and nice about that. But of course, as we head back into work for many of us today is the first day back at work I know the children are still off school and so for the teachers they're, they're still on holidays and for other people who manage to get extended leave they're still at home but for the majority of people are, are back at work and with that comes the kind of a decision that's spoken about every year as to when to take down the Christmas decorations and people have a very different view on this I know I certainly on social media was watching people on St Stephen's Day saying oh great to have the house back all the decorations are gone away and packed and I personally don't like that nothing nothing against people who decide to do that but I just like I, I actually hate the Christmas decorations coming down I love all the twinkling light and the tinsel and I love all you know those treasured decorations that you've built up over the years and maybe you associate them with particular people or associate them with particular places it's one of the parts of putting up the decorations that I most uh, love and I just I hate taking them down. I hate the job of taking them down. And then I always feel that the house 
while it might look clean and tidy, it just looks so bare. So if I, I, if I had my way, I'd be stretching it out as far as I possibly can. But certainly I'm very traditional in that I don't like to take down the, the decorations before the 6th of January. Now, I know there's some superstitions attached to that, but I'm not doing it for superstitious reasons because I think that is all poppycock, to be quite honest. So it wouldn't be from a superstitious point of view. I just like the idea of leaving them up until the 6th of January. And then obviously we, with our connection with Russia, we like to celebrate and remember Marcia's heritage and the Russian Orthodox Christmas is on the Feast of the Epiphany, is on the 6th. So we always try and do a little bit of a celebration around that day. So therefore, I do like the Christmas tree uh, to be up. But where do you stand with the Christmas trees and the decorations? Have you taken them down already? Were you one of those people that took it down on St. Stephen's Day? Are you like me? Do you like to hold out for as long as you can and that you really dread having to take down all of the Christmas decorations. Your thoughts uh, welcomed on that. And there's lovely photographs on the back. I saw them on the back page of the Examiner this morning and I want to say well done to everybody who took part in the RNLI New Year's Day swim in Court McSherry yesterday and there is a wonderful group photograph, large group of people uh, turned out to take part in the swim. Brave souls. Now I know we've been lucky certainly this Christmas in that has been exceptionally mild. We didn't really get any uh, much of a cold spell, but to me that still is too cold to go sw- to go swimming. So they're very hardy souls indeed, but doing it for a very good cause. The Iron Ally. I don't know if there was any other New Year Days New Year's Day swims that went on yesterday, but if there was, well done to each and every one of the brave souls. I know there was a lot of people turned out for Christmas Day swims as well, and there was Christmas Day runs and and whatever. And I think that's a lovely thing to do because. We can sit at home all day and vegetate. It's nice to get out and do something like that. So give yourself a big round of applause if you were one of the people who took part in those many charity events that were held over the Christmas. Now, John Paul is back taking your calls at uh, 1850-333-103. And I was asking John Paul, before we came on air, we were talking about the decorations in the office. I said, have you got your Christmas tree down? He said, we didn't put up any this year. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so and he's about to move house so I suppose it's a good excuse for him uh, as well but then I did a quick run around the, the who's in the building at the moment to find out nobody here yet in the building have t- has taken down the decorations but Mary Amado says Happy New Year Patricia my decorations down this morning okay getting back to normality thank you for that to many happy returns to you Mary and thank you to Paddy in the Glen wishing us all a Happy New Year and I know there was a WhatsApp in as well from Anthony Pickford one of our loyal listeners in Limerick wishing us all a Happy New Year Happy New Year to you as well um, Anthony so John Paul taking your calls you can text her WhatsApp at 086 103 103 now on the programme this morning we're going to look at a couple of incidents of out and out vandalism thuggery that went on over the Christmas period and some of them upsetting and for the people involved who are now left picking up the pieces you know just heartbreaking for them for example we'll speak with a member of the Mallow Auto Grass Club their club was absolutely destroyed over the Christmas. Just, I would assume, looking at the damage that I saw online, more than one person decided it would be a little bit of fun to smash down the gates of the auto 
grass club and go in there and drive around the track and if that wasn't bad enough if they just wanted to go off on a bit of a joy ride could they not just have driven around the track and left it at that but no no they had to take it a step further and it really is shocking and this is you know an amateur sport people putting their own time and money in to get a club like this off the ground and then to think just because a bunch of gurriers had nothing better to do than to go in and wreck the place it is absolutely shameful and obviously with that case and other cases that we're going to be highlighting today we're encouraging people if you know anything if you've heard anything because sometimes what happens these mindless vandals who think it's great bit of fun to do what they do they'll say it to some someone or maybe there was a photograph taken or maybe there was a video taken that might have been shared on Snapchat or on Instagram. If anybody knows anything we'll be asking you please contact the Gardaí and you can do it in absolute confidence in, in total anonymity. You don't, you know, for fear that you might fear a reprisal from some of these uh, gangs. You can just pass on the information without ever saying who you are or where you are from. We're also going to hear what happened before Christmas in Bantry Town with the one of their defibrillators. Again, somebody with nothing better to be doing, more time on their hands that they should be putting to better use and someone decided, shouldn't it be a great bit of fun if we smashed the outer case of the defibrillator? These defibrillators save lives. Now, to the person or persons who did it, do they ever stop and think that maybe one of themselves or one of their family members might need the use of this defibrillator and because of what they did on this particular night before Christmas, the defibrillator is now out of commission. Just shocking. And again, voluntary organisations, voluntary groups get together to put these defibrillators in place all over the country so that all of us and our loved ones can be safe. And if God forbid we ever take a heart attack uh, and we need the use of a defibrillator you would like to think that there's one nearby in a usable one that somebody with the skills would be able to use it on you and then the awful story as an animal lover I found this one really distressing when I heard about this Uh, and this was to do it happened on the bypass in Bandon we'll get more details when we talk about it uh, today and it's to do with somebody who decided to go for a drive in their van with kittens. I mean, with the intention of, oh, when I get out the bypass in Bandon, I'm going to roll down the window and throw the kittens out. Unwanted kittens. Uh, where, Where does that mindset come from? Who could even think about putting two defenceless little kittens into a car or a van and going off for a drive, knowing that they're going to roll down the window and throw the kittens out onto oncoming traffic? Just shameful. Absolutely. What what I would love to do with them if if I got them on my own. God almighty. Anyway, so we'll talk about that. Fraud Smart are going to join us in a couple of minutes on the programme. We're going to kick off the new year with a warning about online fraud scam, which is posing as cheap flights. And I think this is kind of important at this time of year, because often with Christmas behind us and as we head into January people like to start planning for the year ahead and one of the things a lot of people like to do is to book a holiday so you've just got to be so careful if you are booking and if you're booking online and you're clicking on something you've got to make sure that 
wherever you go, if you do decide to do it online, that you've got to make sure that you're not going to be duped out of your hard-earned cash. I suppose one of the reasons why it's always safer and much better to go into your local, friendly travel agent where you can be guaranteed your holiday is going to be booked and everything will be in place and ready for you when you turn up at the uh, airport. Uh, we also are going to have a member of Gardaí Corner join us for this week's Crime File, our first of 2020. And then we're going to finish off the programme by speaking with Francis Brennan, the wonderful hotelier and who has now become a TV personality in his own right. He is about to launch a new television programme, Five Star Academy, where he is looking for people to take part. You could get a job out of this. This is more than just a TV show, but it'll be Francis Brennan, I imagine, at his very best, passing on his five star skills to people who take part in the programme. He's looking for contestants, so we'll find out more about that. And also we'll find out how did uh, Francis's Christmas go. No doubt he had a, a lovely holiday in Kerry. Good to see some texts coming in with people with me when it comes to the leaving up and the taking down of the Christmas decorations. Uh, hi, this is from Bertie. Uh, I'm with you. My decorations are up until the 7th of January. It would not feel like Christmas. Otherwise, Happy New Year. Many happy returns, Bertie. And Eileen in Canturk says, Hi, Patricia. Happy New Year. Thank you very much. Uh, I agree with you about the Christmas decorations. Don't like taking them down as the house always looks so bare. It does indeed. Thank you for that. So good to know. People on my side as well. But that's not to take away from the people who decide had enough of them need to take them down. And what I've often noticed is the people that do jump in straight after Christmas can often be the people who put them up very early. I think if they go up too early, you might have a tendency to think the house is starting to look a bit messy or a bit untidy. And they might be the people who then err on the side of as soon as Christmas is over, taking them down. Whereas if you go back to the old traditions of putting them up kind of around the middle of January or the middle of December, they're up then for about three weeks and no more. And I think that can be enough. But if you're one of those ones, I mean, we had people and we heard about them on the programme who as soon as Halloween was over were putting up their Christmas decorations. I imagine those people have got their decorations well down at this stage. And thank you to Jane in Cantark to said, Patricia, I listened with interest to you talking about acts of vandalism across the county over Christmas. Well, the public toilets in the town park in Cantark were in a shocking condition over Christmas. I would love to know what their homes are like if they can leave the public toilets like this. And actually, John Paul showed me some photographs that he took from social media from John John Murphy's social media, I'm assuming this was Facebook. John Murphy actually put up photographs taken in the toilets in the Canturk Town Park over Christmas. Toilet roll holders broken. The toilet paper set alight. Uh, and John Murphy in his Facebook post says the public has campaigned for a long time to have these toilets reopened. The men's shed and the tidy towns group in Canturk have worked hard all summer to improve the facilities in the park and are now facing a big clean-up as a result of this terrible behaviour by a few. We earnestly appeal to people to show respect for public property and consideration for others and for the hard work done by the volunteers in the interest of uh, Canturk. That really is. And it's shameful when you think of the two groups that John mentions, the Men's Shed and the Tidy Towns. Again, all volunteers, people giving up of their free time to go out and do something for the for the improvement of the town and to help and make the town a better place for everybody to live in. And then 
just because somebody has nothing better to do during the Christmas holidays they go in and make such a mess inside in the toilets again if anybody knows or saw anything please contact the local Gardaí 1850 John Paul takes your course we're going to take a break and we are back offering advice on how to stay safe online and not lose any of our hard-earned cash Court today on C103 with a solid fuel depot at Drew's Fuel and Go Shortcastle Street Mallow Smokeless Coal Turf Gas and Kiln Dried Wood Open late 7 days lowcostfuel.ie Court today on C103 Call Patricia with your comment 1850 Now with Christmas behind us many people's thoughts turn to trips away are to hot summer holidays. So, if you're looking to book online, then beware. As FraudSmart have issued a serious warning to consumers to be on the alert for the latest fraud which appears as an online advert for cheap flights. Joining me, Olivia Buckley, Head of Fraud Protection at the Banking and Payments Federation of uh, Ireland. Good morning to you, Olivia. Good morning, Patricia. And a Happy New Year to you. And to you as well and to your listeners. Now, how convincing are these adverts? Extremely convincing, uh, Patricia. And one of the things we know about fraud in general, and I heard you saying we've got over the, the kind of Christmas period and the Black Fridays and the Cyber Mondays and all of that. We're into the new year and we're thinking travel. But one of the things across the board, whatever time of year it is, we know that fraudsters uh, are becoming much more sophisticated and much more authentic. The one thing for me, um, and I've been working in this area for some time now, the one thing that jumps out at me is how authentic the fraudsters have become. There was a time when it was kind of a scattergun approach. Uh, they were pushing out scams. Many people would be familiar with them. You see um, um, a mobile phone number that looks like it comes from the Virgin Islands or somewhere like Papua New Guinea or you know somewhere yeah. far away and you say, oh, that looks very strange. I won't answer that. But the fraudsters have become much more clever and they're creeping into our psyche and they're also becoming more sophisticated at developing scams and getting to know you. Like one of the things that people perhaps do not appreciate is we are using our mobile gadgets much more, our iPads or iPhones or other kind of phones and we're revealing a lot of information about ourselves online and social engineering and social engineering by the fraudsters on our data is also being built up all the time so we're using passwords mothers maiden names our date of births our phone calls pin numbers we're using information all the time not necessarily even when we're purchasing online or doing our banking we've got passwords for everything and every sort of subscription and offer and all of the time what we're doing is we're putting information into the ether and we know that the fraudsters are living on on the online system of the world. So when we go online, we're not just uh, doing it in the personal private space of our own phone or our own sitting room or our living room or wherever we are. We're actually entering the world and sometimes we don't fully appreciate that um, that fraudsters are becoming much, much more authentic and the thing looks more real. And travel, because we're in the new year, is now an area we need to be looking at very carefully. I think it's interesting, um, people might be interested in some of the figures. The CSO did a look at what we purchased online in Ireland in 2019 and clothes and sports goods are very popular. But next after that is holiday accommodation. Uh. So 47% of people who were purchasing online were uh, on purchasing holiday accommodation and 45% of people purchasing online last year 
other travel arrangements. So that could be their flights, which we're going to talk about in a moment, um, or other aspects of their holidays, transport and all the facilities that go with that. So January, we're in the danger territory. We Yes, it's an exciting time for those of us planning to travel and looking at offers. And of course, there are a lot of offers out there and many of them are very, very authentic and genuine but how do we know they are? Yeah, how do we tell the difference between what is a genuine offer and what somebody trying to get our cash? The one big warning and the one big advice I would give to people shopping online is that you must independently verify the advert or the website of the offer yourself. So more and more companies are advertising online, click ads, pop-up ads, all the kind of ads we see when we go on our phone and our computers. But we need to, if we see an offer, first of all, if it's... So an an ad on social media, for example, Facebook is is the one that a lot of people uh, use. Uh, And as you're scrolling through, you know, seeing how everybody got on over Christmas, there's loads of ads. Uh, Are you saying don't buy directly through those ads? Absolutely. I would say the ad may be authentic, so we can't dis... the the genuine ads but if I saw an offer on a social media if I'm scrolling through my Facebook I would take note of the offer and note of the company and I would go back into my website browser and I would independently put in that website address I'd see if it was a secure website and the two things we know to look at if you want to see if it's a secure website is there a padlock symbol up where you're looking at the address of the company and does it have the letter S in the HTTPS S is for secure. So if you don't see a padlock sign and you don't see the S, I would have alarm bells ringing. But I would independently put in my website browser because what we found reported before Christmas um, from, from some companies and some, from some, some of the banks and we know from the Guardi as well is adverts for cheap flights. When you click on the link, it can bring you through to a fraudulent website you make the purchase and in some cases people were not in fact purchasing what they thought they were purchasing which was a flight they were actually purchasing other goods and in some cases people were caught for over a thousand euro worth of precious metals which has been traded by the fraudsters so we have to be so so careful and I suppose there's a we have to take we have to take care of ourselves online really um, so independently visit the company are you honest and, if the, and if the offer is too good to be true Olivia that should raise alarm bells as well. It should raise alarm bells. And I suppose, you know, we we don't go down the street swinging our wallet or our handbag open or showing people our details or showing people our card. Or if we went into a physical store and we thought there was something funny about the product, our antennae would go up or we thought there was something fishy, so to speak, we would say, mm, I'm not quite sure I'll be back or I'll check that out. We're inclined to rush ourselves online. We see an offer. We think it's going to be gone by the afternoon. Yeah, yeah. flights, And we rush instead of doing the four or five steps that could save ourselves, not only uh, the money that may be stolen from us, but also the fact that now the, that the fraudsters have all of our details. Like I had one very distressed woman um, calling me at the end of last year. Herself and her husband were pensioners. They were interested in booking um, a holiday for themselves in Spain last year. They saw an ad, they clicked on it, and in this particular case, it asked them to make a direct transfer of money from their bank account into the bank account of the um, apartment and villa company. They departed with a lot of money and they, it, it was a fraudulent company because they didn't independently check the company. So a couple of weeks before their holiday, they rang the company in Spain and they said, we're just ringing about um, our accommodation and the travel arrangements and the taxi. And they said, we are a company. We actually do exist. We do have apartments and villas in Spain, but not in the area 
that you have booked them in and you are not the first person to have been caught with this. And they're very, very upset about it, needless to say. And the bank account was actually in Milan and no longer exists. And that's why we say to people to take care of the disappointment, yeah. uh, the upset, your money is gone and nobody wants to see anybody left in that circumstance. So really as consumers, we've got to be trying to outwit the fraudster yeah. all the time. And Not the, a particularly the, great way to live, but the, that's the way the world has gone. The other one that people need to be very careful about is when you're out in public, never use public Wi-Fi to make any kind of an online payment. No, and this is real, if come back to the fraudsters, this is real bees to honey stuff. Um, public Wi-Fi systems, that they're unsecured, they are very loose, they are easily hacked and fraudsters absolutely live on them because the amount of information you're toing and froing. If you're in, for example, where you have the public Wi-Fi system like a, you could be on a bus, particularly travel areas, could be on a bus, you could be in a train station, airports, uh, sometimes big public buildings where you can just log on, connect free. Um, You should not be putting personal information up. You should not be using your passwords. You certainly shouldn't be uh, checking your bank account or doing any of your banking online. And you shouldn't be making purchases online when you're on those. You should be on your own secure in your own home Wi-Fi where you have your own password. Or if you're out and about and you need to make a purchase Go on and use the 3G or 4G on your own phone. phone. I know people are trying to save their data and they think, gosh, I should save my data and use the public Wi-Fi. No, you could be very easily uh, being hacked. The fraudsters love public Wi-Fi because that's where people part with their information. They hoover it all up and that's why then they can even... um, pretend to be you, use your PIN number or send you emails, pretending to be possibly a company, your bank, a supplier, and they're luring you into their web. This is a highly sophisticated web that operates globally and we've got to have our best armour and gear on us when we decide we're going to enter that world. All right. Okay. Great advice as always, Olivia. Thank you for that and uh, we'll speak again, but thanks for joining us. Good morning to you. Uh, Bye-bye. That is Olivia Buckley who joins us from Fraud uh, Smart and uh, Olivia is the Head of Fraud Prevention at the Banking and Payments Federation of Ireland. Please be very, very careful. 1850-333-103. John Paul taking your calls. Text or WhatsApp 0862 103 Court today on C103. With a solid fuel depot at Drew's Fuel and Go. Shortcastle Street, Mallow. Open seven days for smokeless coal, turf, kiln dried wood, and gas. Lowcostfuel.ie. Nick Richards plays Cork's greatest hits for your workday on C103. Bruce Springsteen. When I was finished, I felt it was it was probably maybe the best thing I'd ever done. Annie Lennox. It's not bad. It's not it's better, as they say, than a slap on the face with a wet kipper. Mariah Carey. When I was growing up, I just loved the radio. They're the greatest hits I play. Absolutely. Be part of it. Playing Cork's greatest hits while you work. Nick Richards. Weekdays from 1. C103. What can only be described as mindless thugs ruined a vital piece of life-saving equipment in Bantry during Christmas week to fill us in on what happened. I'm joined by Rob McGuinness, who is chairperson of the Bantry Defibrillation Group. Good morning to you, Rob. Good morning, Patricia. Uh, How are you? I'm very well. Um, now, it was sometime on the Monday before Christmas. Can you outline what happened? Uh, one of our members uh, was doing spot checks, uh, which we do on a monthly basis, and uh, he noticed that the perspex on the casing had been pushed through, either by punched or with an object 
to, to break it because it's quite strong. And uh, as a result, we had to take the unit out of commission because it would have been exposed to the elements. And uh, we're in the process of getting uh, it repaired at the moment. I'm I'm speechless as to even why somebody would think that this was an okay thing to do. Yeah, it's just a a senseless act of vandalism. I don't know what what it was possessing to do with. Uh, unfortunately, uh, the equipment, uh, as you're probably aware, it's quite expensive. Yeah, yeah. And uh, it, we're a voluntary group and we, we scrape and save to buy units. And as we do get the money together, we install them around the town. That And we only put two new ones up there around the square just before the Christmas as well. So uh, we're constantly monitoring them. But um, it's it, it, in one respect, it could cost anything up to €100 Euros to repair the casing itself. But thankfully... Uh, the company that we bought it from, Airmed in Cork, have been on to us and are going to supply us free of charge a new uh, case cover. Ah, well, for, done uh, to, well done to yeah. Airmed uh, yeah. for that. That really is terrific. And the yeah. actual defib itself, thankfully, was okay. The defib itself is, is it's okay, in itself, which costs around €1,400, Euros, €1,500. Euros. But that's, we have kept that. One of our members holds that as a safekeeping. Uh, but the thing is, is that because it's not there now, um, if somebody took uh, ill on the street, it's going to be ten minutes before we can get another defib to them because they're, you know, they're hopefully like they're about two hundred meters between each defib that we have around the square. So by the time you get somebody to get one of those and get back to a patient, um, it's time lost and it could be detrimental for that person. Well, it was one of the points I made earlier when I was talking about it, Rob. I mean, the person or persons that did this, I mean, do they ever stop and think that they themselves are uh, a family member might yeah. need yeah, a defib? Right. I don't understand. Yeah, I, I, I would think it was probably just um, drunken stupidity that comes, know. you know. Uh, heads out celebrating Christmas or maybe one too many on board, I don't know. But I, because the unit stands about four and a half feet off the ground, would have to be either punched or something like a, a, a lump of timber or something that they just to ram it through. But uh, obviously somebody who was under the influence of something decided it was yeah. a bit of fun to go and crack but it. But as you say, it, you know, you should take quite fo- quite a bit of force because it is, it is yeah. tough. It is tough, yeah. It's hard in perspex cover that you can actually see into the box. And it's quite thick. So uh, it would have taken a fair wallop to crack this thing but it caves it in and I think you have the photograph there mm. that uh, we took of it so you can see the force that was inflicted uh, yeah. on yeah. it um, thankfully the door is not damaged it's not warped at that so we can get the perspex replaced Has anything yeah, like this happened yeah. before Rob? We had an incident a few years ago at another unit up at uh, St. Finbar's Church which is like within 200 metres from that particular unit there in New Street and they damaged the, the cover for the, the the lock, the combination lock that's on it. Uh, fortunately, the chap that did it was spotted on CCTV and the guardie found him. Yeah. And uh, he was taken to court and he was made to pay 200 euros. Great, great. Yeah. That's what we'd love that's to see happen here. Yeah. Uh, any CCTV of the latest incident? At the moment, I'm not aware. I had reported to the guards on Christmas Day and they said they'd be looking into it. They'd checked back over the last 48 to 72 hours as we think it was within two days of Christmas Eve that it happened. So it could have been Saturday evening or Sunday evening before Christmas Eve. So they're looking back at the moment at rolling through CCTV. But again, it depends if the cameras were facing that direction I know, I know. or not. 
We, I haven't oh. heard from them as of yet, but they are looking into it. How many defibs do you now have in ba- in Bantry Town? In the town itself, we have four units uh, within the square area itself. We have another one at the boat, at the sailing club, which is just out on the N71 uh, near Bantry House. And then we have others spread further fields, one down at uh, Camola, at uh, the Camola Bridge, and one at Cullamon. So in total, we've got 16 units in the Bantry area that we monitor uh, every month, and we keep pads changed and batteries and stuff like that. For the, now they're all expensive pieces, but we, we keep a check on them, and uh, we make sure they're in use, uh, they're available for use uh, as we get them there. We're in the process of rating them some money again, hopefully put another one on the Bay team this year, um, so that people use that area in summertime for the beach when the weather's fine and that and um, it only takes it at least as a, a unit there to help if, if people are God, changing. You're doing some fantastic work and let's let's call, call it out, this is all voluntary isn't it? Nobody gets oh, paid. It's pure voluntary yeah, there's nothing in it for us other than and, and those of us are only a small group uh, of about 6-8 people and we're all trained as first responders uh, some we have a couple of paramedics on board with us as well that you know when they have the time they give to us as well and training and that but uh, yeah we, we're a small group and we work hard at keeping it there and it's just pure dedication on our behalf uh, in order to, to, to keep uh, the facility available for those who need it and you have to fundraise to buy all of the equipment constantly yeah the, 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 if we want to put in the units between buying the actual defib itself and adding on the little bits and pieces to it, like the masks and towels and razors and all the rest, and then the case on top, you don't have much change out of about eighteen, nineteen hundred euros. Yeah, they're expensive. They're, you're, yeah, you're, they're you're, you're an incredible group. Well, well done. And you do the fundraising yourself? We do it ourselves. Yeah, do we you? do. We have a Facebook page. We get a flag day once a year, and uh, we get out and about with that. And then this uh, last year, we had um, we got uh, some support from the the call it the cycle race that they do around Mizzen and that they do it every year and we got a post where we could uh, where we furnished the cyclists with water and stuff like that yeah. and we got uh, they gave us a donation of three and a half thousand brilliant and we were able to buy the two units in town as a result of that brilliant brilliant so it was really good and of course you train you train people on how to use defibrillators we do we, what we do is we we try to use the term we familiarise people it takes the panic out of what to do when somebody takes a heart attack it's, um, as we say, it's very easy when you're in a group of people who maybe are medics and background in a hospital scenario and that you have all the equipment and everything with you. But when you're on your own and if you're in the supermarket and somebody drops in front of you, what do you do? And that's what we try to do is take the, the panic out of it and it's just basically it's straight onto your CPR, stay on the chest, keep pumping. And in the meantime, people that anyone else is there gets to help you and, and go and organise an ambulance. And but the priority is to keep on the chest and if there is an AD unit available, it's knowing what to do uh, and how to use it. And that's what we try and teach everybody. It's free of charge. We do a monthly training session in uh, the Red Cross rooms in Bantry, uh, in the old Gale School area. We have a, a place there where we, we train. And uh, everybody's open in invitation to come in. And, you know, a couple of minutes will just familiarise you as to what to do. And that's what we try and educate people about. So hopefully this year we'll get more response towards that. You could save somebody's uh, life. And it's the start of the new year and people yeah. like to set themselves goals and New yeah. Year's resolution. There's a fantastic new New Year's resolution for people to learn yeah. CPR skills. Learn CPR skills. It's, 
it's easy enough, like because we're doing it all the time. It's okay to say that, but it's, it's really it's panic stations. If somebody takes the, the first thing you do is you start feeling yourself panicking. So it's to take the panic out of it and uh, and just be basically methodical, very straightforward. Get them on the hard surface and get on the chest and start pumping on the chest. Okay. There's no melting out or anything required. Well, listen, Rob, Happy New Year to you and everybody involved in the Bantry Defib uh, group. You're doing mighty work. Long may it continue. And thank you for joining us and talking to us on the programme this morning. Much appreciated for the opportunity to talk to you, Patricia. Good morning to you. Bye-bye, bye-bye. Bye-bye. Rob McGuinness there, Chairman of the Bantry Defib group. There is a group now, if anybody locally wants to do a little bit of fundraising and you might have extra cash that you want to pass on, why not pass it on? They are a group. I mean, I think it's all the volunteering that they have to do to keep the Defibs up and running. But on top of that, you have to go in, have to do the fundraising in order to fund the cost of what is expensive equipment. Well done there. They're fantastic. And if anybody saw anything happen in the days leading up to Christmas where that defib, where the casement of the defib was damaged, if you saw anything, please contact the guy, the inventory. You're listening to Cork Today on replay. Phone and text lines are currently closed. Some of your texts and calls coming into the programme on the Christmas decorations and when should you take down the Christmas decorations and have you got yours down already or are you with me in believing that the Christmas decorations should and must remain up until uh, the 6th of uh, January. Uh, Bertie says they say it's very unlucky Patricia to take down Christmas trees before the 6th and it's also meant to be very unlucky to put up a New Year calendar before the 1st. That's if you are of the suspicious kind. I decided actually to work out where did this, if you are suspicious and you know, I mean, I'm not in any way suspicious and, and uh, but there are for some people there are, but where did the suspicious, where did the, the, the bad luck it's meant to be if you take down the Christmas tree before the 6th of January, where did that all come from? Now seemingly it's to do with legends and it's to do with the legends that the tree spirits take shelter in the Christmas greenery and the holly that we bring in from the outside and that we bring in to decorate our houses over the festive season. Now this would have been in a very different era where a lot of greenery and holly would be used. Many people don't even have a piece of holly inside in their homes anymore. Anyway, the legend says that once the period of time has passed this festive season the spirits need to be released back into the wild on the 12th night failure to do so the legend states makes says that the greenery will not grow back come spring and that will lead to problems for the agricultural industry so it's an old pish og so no I don't think I don't think I would not be taking down the Christmas tree because of that old legend but that's where the superstition comes from and actually when I was looking that up trying to find out where did this you know tradition come from of the Christmas tree going up and when it should be taken down and all of that. It seems the Queen leaves her Christmas decorations up until the 6th of February. She leaves them up a month later. Now she spends Christmas in Sandringham, which she does every year and the 6th of February is a very special date for her because that's the anniversary of the death of her father. He died on the 6th of February and she stays up in Sandringham on her Christmas holidays until then and by way of memory of her father because uh, he died in his sleep on that night in 1952. She uh, leaves the Christmas decorations up 
she does them for it's like sentimental reasons now she, she doesn't have to then take them down herself on the 7th of February obviously she would have some help in to sort that out for her but there's somebody leaving them up for a full month after the event anyway some more of your thoughts uh, Patricia you're right the 7th is the correct date I would agree I would agree with you we should all be leaving them up from the girls in Mallow Happy New Year to all at C103 thank you for that and many happy returns um, Hi Patricia I always wait until the weekend after the 6th the three wise men deserve a few days of celebration inside in the crib as well says E that's a good point if you're taking all your decorations down including your crib on the 6th poor old three wise men are only in there for the day and that's it they are gone and we got into that discussion before Christmas as to the timing of the figurines inside in the crib and remember it was a there was a bishop was giving out the correct order in which and the dates on which the figures should go into the crib and people who had their crib up including myself back in December the crib should have been empty until Christmas Eve and then you pop in Mary and Joseph and then at midnight you can pop in the baby Jesus and the shepherds but up to that all you should have had was an empty crib or oh, the animals you would like to have your straw in and your animals in as well actually talking of cribs does anybody else do something that I do and certainly I've done again this year when you visit the crib do you take a piece of the straw and put it into your purse or wallet I don't know where this tradition comes from but I have been doing it for many, many, many years. I have a piece of straw in my purse and then I take out the one from the year before and I put the, the new one into it. And I normally take, if there's anybody else in the house on the day I go and take the straw, I'll pass it around. And <laughs> there was a few visitors who had never heard of the tradition before. And I said, here, put a piece of straw in your purse or your wallet. And they were saying, why do we do that? And I then and I don't know if I've made this bit up, it's to make sure that there's always money in your purse or your wallet for the future year. But I think I might have made that bit up. But I'm just wondering, does anybody else do that? And does anybody know the background to that particular tradition of taking straw from the crib? Because I don't know if I remember doing it as a child, but then possibly as a child, my mother was doing it unawares to me that I didn't know she was doing it and I wouldn't have had a purse or a wallet in which to put my straw into. So maybe it's something that's been going on for many, many years, but I would be interested to hear do many others do that. And actually the day that I was down visiting the crib to get my piece of straw and I was sitting in the quietness of the church with Marsha because we had such a busy house and it was lovely to be in an empty church actually in the stillness of, of the church and there's something special I think about churches around Christmas time and just looking at the crib and we were just sitting there and a, another group of ladies came in and I actually saw one of the ladies potter over to the crib and lean in and take a piece of straw so I was thinking oh she's doing <laughs> That lady's doing the same thing I'm doing. But as I say, I don't know how common the tradition is or where that tradition started from. So if you you know, let us know. 1850-333-103. Anne says, Patricia, I leave the Christmas decorations up until after the 6th of January and sometimes later than that. I And I put them up as late as the 22nd of December and then I'd leave them up until the Chinese New Year if I could get away with it. Happy New Year to all. At C103 and that's man. Thank you for that Anne and many, many happy returns. And PJ says, I'm glad that Christmas is over. You'd think the shops would never again going to open with the amount of shopping that was done this year. Again, I heard people talk about that this year and people saying that there there seemed to be a very excessive amount of shopping. But then I start, I was thinking, 
Does that argument not come up every year? Do we not every year hear, hear people say, oh, for God's sake, the amount of shopping that was going on and should the shops are all going to be open in a day or two? And for many, for some shops, it was literally just the day. It was just Christmas Day. There was a lot of shops opened on St. Stephen's Day and I know for the sales and all of that, but a number of the supermarkets, not all of the supermarkets, I was good, glad to see the bigger supermarkets closing because I feel for the, re- the retail workers, and I had mentioned them on Christmas week, how busy they were, people working in supermarkets and shops extremely busy and with people getting stressed out they might take it out on the people working in the stores and I was saying to everyone to be kind to the people working in the in the stores because they've had such a busy busy lead up uh, to Christmas they deserve to get even if it's just the two days of Christmas Day and St Stephen's Day and you know PJ is right we do buy enough we get enough in that really we don't need to go to the shops at least for those 48 hours and if you need to get back out again because it's usually the milk and the bread that they're the kind of things that you run out of but other than that we buy so much stuff but I don't know was this year any worse than any other year they they were saying I mean the set was in the central bank had released figures before Christmas and they were estimating that we were going to spend more this year than we had done on any previous year. And I was speaking to someone in one of the largest supermarkets, just one of the shop workers, who claimed they had the busiest Christmas ever, even bigger than it was during the boom when people were gone completely mad. And there was a sense that people were back out spending money this year that they hadn't been doing since the downturn in the economy and I know we talk about being at near full employment so maybe that was the reason people just had more money in their pockets in which to spend. 1850-333-103 Keep your calls and comments coming please. Some of your calls in on vandalism first thing as vandalism has featured on the programme already this morning and it'll feature more on the programme in this hour. Some of your comments in let me see some of the ones that were in Pat in Formoy is highlighting the public toilets in Formoy. They've all got separate entrances, the men's, the women's and the wheelchair accessible one now. This was an act of vandalism again. Somebody smashed the window in the wheelchair accessible toilet but it's got frosted glass so the glass actually shattered, it didn't fall in but they the toilets have been locked up. Now he said they were locked up actually before that event happened but the what reason he has contacted us this morning is he thought it was really bad that over the Christmas period that you would have public toilets in a town like Formoy closed. We're encouraging people to shop locally and come into town and do your shopping but Formoy now is a town that sadly doesn't have a hotel because their hotel closed uh, last year and now he said that the public toilets were closed as well. He thought that was disgraceful. We'll get on to the council and see why the public toilets were closed particularly as and you know Pat is right we were and are encouraging people to shop locally and if you don't have a hotel where people can pop into and use the toilets and you know hotels play a great role in allowing people to come in and use their toilets it might actually Pat could be right it might actually put people off coming to shop in the area in an area if they know that they're not going to have access to anywhere to go to the toilet. So we'll get on to the council, Pat, to try to find out why the toilets were closed and how long more are they going to be closed for. On vandalism, Liam Imbruff said it's no good bringing these people if they're caught before a judge. They should be brought in front of a community court, like a people's court, and get the people, let them face off the people in the area 
who they've affected by whatever it was their act of vandalism let them face their local community and then I suppose kind of elect some kind of a jury of the local people and let them decide on the punishment. That's how Liam Imbruff would handle the situation. 1850-333-103. Michael in Mallow wants to know why is there no CCTV cameras in Mallow Town, especially in like the public parks. You can get a lot of unruly elements in the public parks. He said everybody talks about the expense of CCTV and the cost of monitoring it. But Michael has a suggestion. If you use a camera with an SD card, you can get somebody to plug a phone into one of the cameras and there you have all of the footage it will save time on monitoring and the electricity will come from the lights so it'll save on money why not go down on that why not go on that route I imagine though it's more to do with GDPR than actually somebody I don't think anybody actually sits monitoring the cameras it's more to do with the GDPR side of it Michael I think we're all where it really gets messy and trying to decide who's going to be responsible for the GDPR around the CCTV I know that certainly that was going on in Mallow and in other areas as well and stay on Mallow because James in Mallow was on to say no matter what way you enter Mallow town no matter what what area you come in from. The roads are deteriorating. Within the streets are the approach roads. The roads are a disgrace. If you try to drive with a trailer on any of the roads leading into Mallow, it is impossible. Who is responsible for the roads in Mallow? Assuming the council. Nothing seems to be done. We have we have all these signs and monuments going up in Mallow, but nothing done with our roads. Mallow is a town that should be buzzing but instead it is gridlocked. Well, I don't know if the gridlock is to do with the road conditions. The gridlock is more to do with the fact that Mallowtown badly, badly needs a bypass. But thank you for your call to 1850 333 103. And there's one other call I want to get to from Paula who was in Mass over Christmas in North Cork. She doesn't say where. And in the midst of all of the hospital visitation restrictions that are in place, and this is due to the flu, and it's due to the winter vomiting bug. Paula was quite taken aback to be at church last Sunday and to hear the priest say, please offer the sign of peace. She said, everybody knows that hands are the biggest carriers of germs. So she feels we we are in the middle of a flu epidemic and that all of the priests in the churches should not be asking people to offer the sign of peace. Paula said it's like shaking hands with somebody and saying peace be with you and the flu also with you. Would others agree? It's an issue Paula that we talk about quite a lot and actually usually at this time of year you will hear from some priests who will announce that and say we're not going to do the sign of peace because there's flu in the area there's winter vomiting bug in the area and there are hospitals I think all of the Cork City hospitals have visitor restrictions. I know I saw up on a Facebook post yesterday somebody saying they'd never seen it before as somebody went to drive into CUH I think they were blocked going into the car park with a big sign saying that you can't enter the hospital I think they're actually stopping people going into the hospital because when they put visitor restrictions on normally they'll allow maybe one person in or whatever but they really seem to be shutting down the hospitals which must mean that the flu virus that's there or the winter vomiting bug they must be having a huge problem trying to get a control get a handle on us so you do need to be careful but we'll put it out there Paula to see how others feel about it and for others that were in at mass on Sunday did the priest actually say 
we're not going to do the sign of peace because of the flu and the winter vomiting bug that's there at the moment. Your thoughts welcome to 1850 John Paul takes the cause. You can text her WhatsApp 0862 103 103. C103 Jobs. With Hewitt College. Now enrolling for full-time fifth and sixth year and repeat Leaving Cert programmes. Your success is built on their experience. See hewittcollege.ie. Construction workers are wanted for new contracts that's based in Cork City. While full-time fence erectors are wanted that's for North and West Cork areas you need to have good English and a full driver's licence the childbinder wanted to work in Mornabi it's to take care of two children one is a five year old the other is 18 months it's three days per week and full time care staff are required for Maria Goretti Nursing Home in Kilmallock you'll find all the details and more job opportunities by going online now just go to c103.ie forward slash jobs for more this is C103. Cork today on C103. With a solid fuel depot at Drew's Fuel and Go. Shortcastle Street, Mallow. Smokeless coal, turf, gas and kiln dried wood. Open late seven days. Lowcostfuel.ie Now it's hard to imagine the mindset of anyone who would consider throwing a little kitten out of a moving van into oncoming traffic. Well that's exactly what somebody did on Christmas Eve on the bypass in Bandon. Tory Joyce of the West Cork Animal Welfare Group joins me uh, to share the story. Good morning to you, Tory. Good morning, Now, Patricia. I have to say, this was a story that just I mean, it actually made me so angry over Christmas yes. when, when I heard about it. Your team got the call. To outline what happened. Well, basically on Christmas Eve, about um, 3.40, so it would have happened probably about 3.30, a girl rang her mother very distressed to say that she was driving on the bypass in Bandon, opposite the convent there, there's a bit of a, a green area. It was more or less there near traffic lights. A moving, it was actually, we got more details since. It was actually a maroon-coloured car. It was moving. And two tiny black kittens were thrown from the passenger side onto oncoming traffic. Absolutely horrific. The girl couldn't stop because obviously it's Christmas Eve. It's heading towards Cork as well. And just to say, if anyone does have any information, please contact the abandoned guards because they're, they're well aware we reported the incident. So the kittens were thrown out. We got the call. Jennifer got the call. We immediately then got someone down there. But by the time Michelle got down there, unfortunately, one kitten was dead. And the second kitten, unfortunately, up to now, has never been found. And I do want to thank all the people, Michelle, Mary, Ali, um, all the people, Susan, who searched and are still searching to this day but they went, they went out around the area looking for this tiny little, yes. tiny little thing. And the other, the kitten mm-hmm. that died, um, mm-hmm. roughly what age do you reckon the kittens were? Tiny. They were tiny. They were probably only six or seven weeks old. Eyes, the um, eyes opened though and everything. Yes. Okay. Well, unfortunately, the body was I know. not in a good uh, state. I know. Okay. But, so, so, but they were tiny. You could tell, um, yeah. Michelle said to me, by, by the look of the little body, they were very tiny. And this was premeditated act of cruelty. This wasn't some neglect, or which is bad enough, but this was someone who actually got those kittens, got in a car, drove, and while the car was moving, we would have taken those kittens, or any other rescue would help. In fact, Julia, our, our foster, was straight on to us and said, I will take that kitten if it's found, and oh. unfortunately to this day. And look, if anyone who's not on social media did find a tiny black kitten in the Bandon area, please contact us, because we would love to get some bit of light out of this dreadful and appalling act. Because it, it so, wouldn't have gone very far, would it, when it's that small? 
No, they wouldn't have done. But I suppose we're just hoping that maybe it got to the verge and then ran in. But the estates everywhere have, have we've told people to check everywhere. And unfortunately, this time of the year, the cold, the wet, yeah. those tiny kids and wouldn't you, survive very and long. And you and also to have been to have been thrown out. Ruined Christmas for it. You, you, you always, you also think if it was injured, did it, did it drag itself in somewhere and just, mm-hmm. oh, mm-hmm. God, just yeah, doesn't bear thinking about it. It really, really doesn't. So, we're appealing to anyone who may have found mm-hmm. a little kitten, mm-hmm. please come forward just so that we know there's a happy ending yes. uh, for one. But the fact, you know, Tori, the season mm-hmm. of goodwill, goodwill, it just makes exactly. this incident even more appalling, doesn't Absolutely. it? Absolutely. And, and, you know, we were all happy and we were posting beautiful pictures of the cats and dogs adopted from West Cork Animal Welfare Group on our page. It was all happy. We were all in great spirits. And the next thing is, I got a, I got a text from Jennifer saying, can we immediately get someone down there? And luckily we did as quick as we can. But unfortunately, we, we think that the kitten, the girl said that one of the kittens, unfortunately, was hit straight away. Um, but the second one she saw, but that was all she saw, by which time she was gone past. And she had to ring her mother to ring us because the poor girl was, distraught yeah obviously so was she behind this car yes. she was behind yes. okay she, right did she get any details car? no 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 apart from a maroon coloured car so look if anyone did pass there has a dash cam has any um, recordings and um, please get on to Lisa their abandoned guard station it was most helpful when I put in the report and um, it's terribly upsetting and I must say there was you know tears shed over the poor little thing yeah. but and even on Christmas Day, Mary and I was down and a lot of other people on Christmas Day for hours on end searching that area. God help them. Just in the people hope so of trying though. to find... Yeah. Well, yes. that's it. The majority. Yes. This, unfortunately, is the minority, but we need to stamp out yes. this awful, and, awful cruelty. And Patricia, there's a poor mother there as well who obviously the, it will probably remain unneutered for all this, maybe, or worse to happen again. Well, I don't think we can get worse, but you know, repeat, and just we're appealing to everybody if they've got a cat or a cat turns up in their garden, feral, semi-feral, don't keep feeding it for months on end. Get it neutered immediately. Um, our friends in Roar and Bantry, who you've probably heard of, Patricia. I've spoken group, with them on many, many yes, occasions. Jennifer and Sandy down there, they're, they're amazing. And we work with them and, you know, if they get dogs in pups, we take them and, and we help each other out and we work together. But um, they're actually doing the Fix It for a Fiver, which is a scheme they run very often. It's actually happening again in February where you can neuter your cat. And kittens can be neutered at 10 weeks old once they're a kilo weight. They, they can be then uh, neutered. And um, also contact any vets for schemes or vouchers or a rescue because we would have taken these kittens, Patricia, and they would have been neutered, chipped, vaccinated and gone to great homes. Yeah, and, and that's the message, so Tori, to get out to people Absolutely. who have unwanted kittens. There are places that can take the kittens from you, and yes. and also, as you say, just please neuter your cats to stop this. Oh, it's crazy at the moment! And you know, a feral cat will turn up. People will keep feeding, 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 and of course, then she's pregnant. Then she has kittens, and by the time they contact us, it just makes the situation ten times worse. Instead of getting um, the trap neuter release teams all over Cork, they cover the whole of Cork, they will come trap that, that mother, neuter her release, or at least then, and then you can feed away. There's no problem at all. And don't don't ask the rescues to rehome a feral or semi-feral cat, because what will happen is she'll, if you home her, it causes terrible stress to those cats, and plus they, their instinct is to return to their area. Yeah. Plus you'll get just get another feral to take the place. 
so one feral will keep the, the territory, the area, and keep the, the vermin down, and you can feed them um, every day, and they can happily exist quite happily in a barn or, you know, dry barn or shed. They're 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 unfortunately we've domesticated these animals, but they now have reverted back to being semi wild or mm. even very wild. If you've come across, which we have on many occasions, a wild tomcat, you will, you'll know all about their instincts. You know? Yeah, they take the hand off you. That's that's for sure. And when you try to grab them. them. Yes, and neuter them. There's another thing: is people will only neuter the females. Also new to the males. That's the important thing. That's the important thing. You're you're wonderful. Yeah, your wonderful tomcat goes wandering off. Okay, all right. Um, Listen, uh, Tori, happy new year to you. And happy new year to you, all your listeners, and also to all our supporters at West Cork Animal Welfare Group. And a huge thank you for them for the most amazing year. We've had a massively busy Christmas with intakes and nine dogs, seven pups and four kittens. So but we have our new kitten unit now, so we're delighted going forward here into the next year. You're doing tremendous so work. Keep it up. Thank all you, Patricia. Right. All right, Tori, thank you for that. Lovely. God bless. Lovely bye bye. And lovely bye-bye. talking to you. Bye bye. Tori Joyce there from the West Cork Animal Welfare uh, Group. Anyone, any information, get onto the Gardaí, please, in Bandon. If you've dash cam footage, would it be great to track down that maroon coloured car and shame on the person driving that car, whoever was in that car and thought that it would be okay. Unwanted kittens, so what did I do with them? Sure, I'll throw them out the window of a moving car. Absolutely shameful. 1850-333-103. On the decorations, Anne in Clondakilty is the sacristan in her local church. She said, we don't take down the decorations in the church until the 12th of January. That's the date when the baby Jesus is baptised. So it's the 12th of January. Anne feels should be the correct date to take down the Christmas decorations and the taking of the straw when I mentioned that it's a tradition and I don't know where I got it from I don't know how long I've been doing it but it's something I do every year and even when I was away in Australia for Christmas I made sure that I found a church that had straw in the crib so that I could put the piece of straw into my purse and I did manage to find it Uh, and it seems I am not on my own. Somebody says I take the straw from the crib I stick it behind a picture in my home hoping that it will bring peace to my family that's the tradition that I uh, follow. Uh, taking of straw. Hi, Patricia. Straw from the crib is still very common in the Rathgormick area. Happy New Year to you, says Tim. Thank you, Tim Jones. Says, Hi, Patricia. Love to have you back. Thank you. Happy New Year. Uh, my mum, may she rest in peace, always did the straw, but she took it from under the baby Jesus in the crib, always put it into her purse, and seemingly you'll never see a poor day. Old traditions are still the best. Oh, and I'm taking down the tree. Oh, I'm taking down my tree today. I think the holy feeling is gone from our Christmases we have we had good times Patricia happy memories and they have too much today thanking you again that's from Joan Rita says hi I have a piece of straw in my purse for years I actually got it from the crib in a church in Mallow and I've never exchanged it I've kept the same piece in my purse all of that time says Rita thank you for that uh, Rita Hi Patricia Happy New Year to you Mary says my family members all left home yesterday all back to work today so what did I do? I took down all the decorations and I did a great spring clean and the place is sparkling looking forward to a great 2020 now keep up the good work uh, says Mary thank you for that Mary and that is one of the positive sides of taking down your Christmas decorations is the opportunity to give the house a good clean 
And can I say, while I'm still going to stick with leaving the decorations up, I have over the last few day, days, while I've been trying to get back out of the f- all of the madness of Christmas and more back into normality the last couple of days, I've been trying to do a bit of a declutter. Two big bags, bag loads inside in the car now to bring off to the charity uh, shop later. But I think this time of year is a great time to do decluttering and really take a look at your house and cupboards and what don't you need? What are you going to use again? What can we get rid of? And actually with that in mind, we have a decluttering expert who's going to join us on the programme tomorrow. And that hopefully will help us all to declutter as we head into 2020. So if you have any question with around decluttering, and tidying up your house and what can you know what what it does for you to live in a, a neat and a tidy house. You will be looking for questions tomorrow from our decluttering expert. That's tomorrow on the show. Our lines are open eighteen fifty three 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 one zero three. John Paul taking the calls. You can text or WhatsApp 0862 103 103. Cork today on C103. With a solid fuel depot at Drew's Fuel and Go. Shortcastle Street, Mallow. Open seven days for smokeless coal, turf, kiln-dried wood and gas. Lowcostfuel.ie So, you've got a smartphone or tablet. Download the C103 app today and listen to your favourite shows on the go. On your phone. Tablet. Smart speaker. And radio. We are C103. This is the Cork Today replay on C103. And for our first Garda report of 2020, we're going to Bandingard Station where I'm joined by Sergeant James O'Donovan. Uh, good morning to you, James. Good morning, Patricia, and a happy new year. And too. many happy returns to you and all of the gang in Bandon and indeed all of the Garda stations. OK, we're starting with criminal damage this morning and a kind of a bizarre one that happened in Castle Townsend. Yes, uh, this is a particularly strange one. Um, sometime there over the Christmas period there in the Far and Connor townland area of Castle Townsend, there was a, a, obviously people away for Christmas and when they came back they discovered that there was damage done to a children's swing set. Now it was particularly strange that ropes were cut on all the swing sets so it was a kind of unusual one from the point of view of the damage that was committed. But at the same time, look, it's out there around the Toehead area, people might have been out walking there after the Christmas and they might have seen someone acting suspicious out around the Farron Connor area and if they did to contact the Gardaí in Skibreen this occurred I suppose between the 21st and the 28th of December so there's a, a seven day period there that someone might have seen someone suspicious out During there. the season of goodwill Exactly Somebody, yes. somebody decided a, a pretty strange one though isn't it? It's not something you come across that often No that a child's swing the ropes would be just cut Yes I, I suppose it's someone that just thought as a bit of fun or something and maybe but it's an unusual one for something to do to, for someone to do something like that there's nothing to gain out of it no absolutely it, nothing so absolutely nothing there was also a window broken yes we've had a number of premises there now in West Cork over the Christmas period have a number of windows broken uh, these happened the, the first one happened on the St. Seams' night look I know people are out there and they'd be in high spirits but at the same time this one happened on Main Street Skibreen and if anyone saw anyone maybe that fell up against the window or accidentally or did something deliberate to break a window on a premises in Main Street, Skibbereen, to contact the Gardaí in Skibbereen. And again, a similar incident there in Bandon on the night of the 29th to 30th of December in the Castle Oaks area of Bandon. A window, had a, or a house had a window broken it overnight. Again, this was a bit more malicious. There was something thrown at the window. So if anyone saw anyone acting suspicious around the Castle Oaks area in Bandon 
on the 29th, 30th of December to contact the Gardaí and Bandon. Okay, from criminal damage then to uh, theft and a number plate was removed from a car. Yes, uh, again, I suppose unusual that you wouldn't hear too many of these. Um, this car was packed up in a hotel there in Ross Carby uh, on the 23rd, 24th of December and when the owner came out on the morning of the 24th, Christmas Eve, he noticed that the number plate was missing off his car. Um, now, I suppose, unfortunately, we're, we are looking for... Uh, this number plate was used in another incident down the line, of which I suppose we're asking people that if they saw anyone acting suspicious around the car park there overnight, I noticed a strange night the Monday before Christmas. Mm. I suppose this is generally known as the, the 12 pubs of Christmas night, the 23rd, and there would have been a lot of people around, maybe the the hotel car park in around Rath Carby, to and from Clannacilty, maybe they might have seen uh, someone acting suspiciously around the car park in the Celtic Ross car park there to contact the Gardaí in Clannacilty. Okay, and then on the 26th of December, a sum of money taken. Yes, um, look, uh, again, I suppose we're always talking about this over the last number of years, um, Patricia, for people to be mindful of their items when they're going out and stuff like this. Unfortunately, a lady had a handbag in, with her in a bar in the Crookstone area there on the St. Seams night again. Obviously, someone took the opportunity to go through the bag when the owner was away and they took a sum of cash from the lady. So, again, we're asking for anyone that might have seen someone uh, in the bar in Crookstown there to contact the Gardaí in Crookstown. Um, and, look, we're always saying for people to be mindful of their property, uh, even especially when they're out socialising, you know, you can get distracted talking to friends and so forth. And if you put down your purse or your mobile phone or your wallet, just be mindful of it and where you're putting it because, unfortunately, people take opportunities to take cash. Yeah, and your your Christmas or your your day shopping can be absolutely ruined. I heard of an, an elderly lady who was actually in the city in one of the large department stores took her wallet out, her purse out to take money out to pay, and literally just put the purse down on the counter beside her. You know, while she was handing the money over, and literally out of nowhere, somebody appeared. Purse was swept off the counter that she didn't even notice. It's just lucky it was all on CCTV and they didn't manage to get it back. But it can all happen so quickly that those kind of opportunistic yeah. thefts. Yeah, and, and they happen very fast and it's a horrible feeling that when you're there you're, you're, you're left feeling vulnerable yeah. everything could be taken there and I suppose in particular there to mobile phones as well it, it's something that was brought to my attention over the Christmas period a lot of people have these uh, mobile phones with their wallets with their cards with their cash with their driver's license the whole lot is inside in the, the mobile phone cover Yeah. so if the mobile phone is gone everything is gone cover, everything is gone now, yeah. again, look, we can't tell people what to buy or not how to store their phone, but we'd be advising, you know, keep your bank cards and your cash and your driver's license separate from your mobile phone. Have them in your wallet, on your person at all time, because, look, the phone is getting very popular there for social media and it's out constantly. And if it's taken and you have all your cards with you and your cash and your driver's license, it's gone. And there's an awful lot of work involved in cancelling cards, getting mm. the issue of a driver's licence, let alone the shock of getting over that your actual phone is stolen. And so there's a lot of very expensive phones that would have turned up onto the Christmas tree at Christmas this year. And you've got to be careful about where you're flashing your very expensive phone as well. Yes, look, there's, there's iPhone 10s and Samsungs and everything, and they're all very expensive. They're thinking cost anything up to five and 600 euro. And like if they're not insured and they're... There, I know they would have been taken out maybe St. Seams' night and New Year's Eve and tis, 
there's, there isn't a guard station in the country that hasn't got a call on New Year's Day saying that their new phone was stolen well, or they lost their new phone. So, again, we're just asking people to be mindful of yeah, those and things. And I can tell you, um, James, the iPhone now is up to an iPhone 11. Oh. The, the, the 10 was so last year. OK, and some New Year's resolutions. Um, you just want to give just words of advice to people. Yes, look, I suppose I've seen it myself um, to and from work there over the Christmas period. People are out there trying to lose a few pounds that they put on. They're out walking or cycling. And unfortunately, I've came across it myself, there isn't a high-vis jacket to be seen by people. Um, people seem to think that the high-vis jacket is maybe to be worn at night, especially in the winter time. but the high-vis jacket should be put on at all times by cyclists and pedestrians that are out there um, uh, getting the exercise in there, uh, especially for the remainder of the holidays. Be aware of where they're walking. Look, I, I suppose... The roads are, are narrow in West Cork and around North Cork and, and generally in, around the country. But people need to be mindful that they can't be walking four or five abreast on the road and uh, taking up the middle of the road. Just be careful that there is going to be other road users on the road, especially walkers and cyclists, and to be mindful and to be visible. Um, I know, yes, we're asking drivers to slow down constantly and, and to be aware of pedestrians. But again, the onus is on the pedestrians and the cyclists as well to be equally aware of other road users and to make sure they're visible. Have lights on bikes, especially at night time. Um, there's loads of people there now that would have had bikes for Christmas got, and they're out exercising with the kids. And we're asking them to get the kids into the habit of putting on high-vis jackets, have lights on them, especially at the winter time and come into the, the late in the evenings as well. Yeah, and I saw, I mean, there's a lot of children, certainly where I'm living, there's a lot of children were out and it was great to see them on Christmas Day with their, with their new bicycles. Uh, but I've already noticed, you know, and we're only, you know, a little over a week over Christmas, the dumping of the bikes as they're running into a shop or running into a friend's house or whatever. Uh, those bikes can be quite expensive. Look, again, over just before Christmas, we had a seizure of stolen bikes above in Dublin. There was a large quantity of bikes found in a container. These bikes are very expensive. And if they're there to be taken, there's unfortunately people out there that will take the bike to move it on to sell it for cash. We're asking people now that got these new bikes for Christmas to, for their children or, or themselves to take note of the uh, serial number of the bike. It's under the the, the steering, I suppose, uh, axle of the pedals on the bike underneath the frame. Take note of it. Take a picture of it for their own records. Put in a marking on it and secure it at night. The amount of bikes that you see left out outside in the front lawn or inside in the housing estates just thrown in the, the, the grass, they'll be taken unless they're securely locked away. They should be put into a garden shed and locked away safe at night because, like you said yourself, only a week after Christmas, they're being discarded outside the front. The the novelty is probably wearing off. Yeah. And they're left outside the front door. They're left outside on the, the, the garden and they will be taken by these people that are using the opportunity to see that there's bikes just freely left available outside houses. Okay. All right. Listen, James, uh, thank you for that. And uh, thank you for joining us on the programme. Thanks, Patricia. Good morning. Happy New Year to you. Happy New Year to you as well. Thanks a million. Bye bye. That is Sergeant James O'Donovan, uh, Crime Prevention Officer, joining us from Bandon Garda Station. Some of your texts in uh, to us on the, oh, on the taking of the straw when I mentioned too many people do that. It's a kind of a tradition that I do to put the straw into my purse and I, I don't know how long I've been doing it or where I even heard about it or where it all started from. Michael in Castletown Bear, Happy New Year to you and all at C103. Many happy returns at Michael. Speaking about the straw and the crib, 
I was at Mass on Christmas morning, writes Michael, up the country and I was amazed by the number of people that came up to the crib and took straw, especially the number of young people that did it. People blessing themselves with it, men putting it into their wallet and ladies putting it into their handbags. It was just amazing to watch in a church that was packed to capacity. The sincerity, the devotion and the emotion on some was mind-blowing. Some people do still believe, contrary to the way the world is turning today. Look at the devastation that's going on in Australia, which we have seen and we've seen nothing yet. The consequences of which will cause a famine there, thanking you, says uh, Michael uh, in Castletonbury. Goodness, what's going on in Australia is, is dreadful. It's absolutely dreadful. And to think that those fires have been raging since September and they are continuing. And I think, you know, for a lot of us, we have been blessed to have visited Australia. It's a beautiful country. And, you know, for many of us have family members that live in Australia. So, of course, that in itself is a huge worry. But to see this beautiful country, it almost looks like the country is on fire. And I was only reading in the papers today that the Australian government have been criticised for failing to borrow firefighting planes from America and Europe to battle the wildfires blazing out of control. It seems bizarre that we haven't had a response from around the world. Obviously, the Australians have to look for help. I don't know why they haven't looked for help. You know, so if these fires have been going from September and here we are into the new year and they're still raging and this coming weekend they know temperatures are going to rise again and they're expecting more fires. So it does seem really, really bizarre that the Australian government have not reached out and said, look, we need help. You know, and as I say, I don't have no understanding as to why they haven't done it. But whenever we see any kind of tragedies happening around the world and certainly when there's been flooding in the past, when there's been earthquakes, tsunamis, whatever it's been, you'll see, you know, the world responds and reacts and and people send expert teams over to help these countries. But of course, the country has to ask for the help first. So I don't know why, but yeah, it is absolutely devastating. But Michael, thank you for that. And thank you for your description of how people taking the straw from the cribs and doing it with such sincerity and devotion. Good to hear. You're listening to Cork Today on Replay. Phone and text lines are currently closed. Let me go to your calls and comments coming into the programme this morning. Somebody was on earlier seeing if I could find out if the fuel allowance, the second half of the fuel allowance, the only way some people get it in two lump sums, uh, could I find out if it's been paid out this week or not? And I can tell you, this is from welfare.ie, that the first lump sum was paid on Monday the 30th of September. The second lump sum will be paid in the second week of January. So I take it it's not this week, it will be next week and the lump sums, they're normally uh, paid out whenever you pick up your uh, whatever payment you're getting. So I wouldn't say you'll be getting it this week, but this, they just said the second week. So I would imagine next week you'll be getting it. And for those who get the fuel allowance by way of the two lump sums. There was a change in the budget, the budget last October for 2020 and the fuel allowance is actually going up from this week for people who get paid weekly. From January 2020, the fuel allowance goes up by €2 a week from €22.50 to €24.50 and for those who are getting it in the two lump sums it goes, your second payment in the second week in January, it goes from 3.15, that's how much you received in September 
September and it goes up to €343 and that was announced in Budget 2020. So not this week, next week for those that are waiting on the lump sum for their fuel allowance. Now what else is coming in to... Oh, can I just get this? John says Patricia Happy New Year many happy returns enjoy your programme thank you for that would you please try for the new year this is John to me and pronounce Rath Cormac Cormac with a C and not with a G as in the townland near your hometown in Tipperary and that's signed John not from Rath Corm Cormac it's one of those ones every time I see it come up in front of me I keep going Rath Cormac I have to stop I will do my very best John for 2020 to make it my New Year's resolution and make sure that I pronounce it correctly Rath Cor Gor Cor See, I've got it wrong already. Rath Cormac. And my apologies to all the good people of Rath Cormac when I pronounce your um, the area where you live wrong. My deepest, deepest apologies. And then a different John was on to say, Patricia, the traffic lights are off in Mallow Town down by the clock house. Could you get on to the powers that be, please, and tell them to leave them off? The traffic has never been flowing, flowing better. It's from uh, John by text to uh, 0862103103. On the Australian fires that I mentioned, Michael in Castletown Bears says, Patricia, for the record, one fire alone in Australia is the size of the Netherlands and Norway combined. Just think about it. Netherlands and Norway combined. It's absolutely frightening why international aid has not been forthcoming. Beggars belief, says Michael. Well, I, the piece I, I read earlier is from an environmental charity by the name of Planet Ark. And he, the, a guy by the name of John D, he's the founder of that group. He said that the US Forest Service and eight far, have eight firefighting planes that will be available on 24 hours notice. But the Australian government haven't asked to borrow them and they can't just fly in with their planes. They have to wait for the Australian government to ask. But I did see earlier today that the state of Victoria their Premier has requested assistance now from fire, from firefighters from the US and from Canada and they're also looking for heavy lifting helicopters uh, to head to the to the areas that are facing the greatest threat but uh, there needs to be I think a bigger move from the Australian government for other countries to come in and help them out and Christian Temple Glanton says on the Australian fires I thought it was extremely deplorable and inappropriate to see fireworks going off on Sydney Harbour Harbour for the ringing in of the new year while a wide area of the country has been devastated by fire. So thoughtless of them. Kind regards, says Christine Temple Glanton. Well, in coming up to New Year's Eve, there was an online petition that's actually started in Australia by Australian people asking the powers that be not to have the fireworks display. But the government, again, decided to go ahead. Their theory being that the fireworks were paid for. It's about a million dollars they spend every year on their fireworks display. And then also, I I take it, it's a bit about protecting the product, the product being tourism in Australia. A little bit like the way we celebrate St. Patrick's Day and the way other countries are very jealous of Ireland when it comes to St. Patrick's Day because of the amount of publicity we get worldwide particularly in the United States of America. And it's the kind of publicity that money simply can't buy. And the scenes on Sydney Harbour of ringing in the new year, it's kind of the same. It's, it's like that publicity that money can't buy. They go, news services all over the world will share the scenes 
of the fireworks at Sydney Harbour at the start of the new year and we see it every year. Now I have to say it seems to be the same shot we're seeing every year but from a tourism point of view it's very good for the tourism market in Australia. So I take it that probably came into it but yes I absolutely can understand your Christy where you're coming from about that it just it did seem it absolutely did seem so inappropriate to see all these fireworks going off when you know not very far away there are these fires that were just literally raging out of control people losing their homes or worse still people losing their lives and firefighters voluntary firefighters losing their lives it really is it to me didn't make any sense either so I'm with you on that one uh, Christy and a happy new year to you thank you for your text now other people are in saying Patricia did you see the Pope slapping the woman what did you make of that, says Mary. And someone else says, when we were talking about the sign of peace. Hi, Patricia. Happy New Year to you. Many happy returns. I wouldn't like to be offering the sign of peace to the Pope, would you? And there's another people in that vein said, well, what did you make of it? And I'm assuming everybody saw this either on the news or perhaps he picked it up on uh, social media. He has, Pope Francis has apologised for angrily and he did look very angry slapping a woman's arm away after she grabbed hold of his hand and she it it was as if she was pulling him towards her he lost his patience and he has admitted now that he has set a bad example. The Pope uh, he had a what many are describing as a sharp encounter with the woman on New Year's Eve. He was doing a walkabout in St. Peter's Square. Again, I think he and other popes would always do on New Year's Eve. And then he went on to give his first homily of the year. And he used the homily to apologise to say that he was very sorry that he he said so many times we lose our patience he says even me and I apologise for yesterday's bad example. And then actually he went on in that first homily of 2020 to use it to condemn the abuse of women in modern society and in particular to talk about violence against women in society. But yeah, it's I saw it and he did look very angry and I don't know whether the security people around him should have realised what was going on and sort of gently moved in and removed the woman's arm. She, in her defence, got excited, I suppose, getting that close to the Pope and, and he basically, as he said, lost his patience, he lost his temper. If anything, it showed me the man is human at the end of the day and uh, at least he was good enough to come out and see what he did was wrong and that he did apologise. 1850 Stay with kind of the church and the straw that I was talking about and the taking of the straw from the crib. Some commentary in on that. Tricia, I take the straw as well. I've been to a free, few churches over Christmas and I've taken straw from all of them. I keep it in my handbag and in my purse also. I think it keeps my bag and purse safe from theft or loss for the coming year. And I know it did. I had an incident two years ago where I lost the purse from my bag when getting out of my car and I wasn't aware I had lost it until I went in to pay the butcher. Someone had found it on the ground and handed it in to the pub next door to the shop that I was in. And I'm attributing that to having the straw the blessed straw inside in the purse and got your purse purse back and well done to the to the honesty I love somebody being that honest seeing you know 
picking up a purse, money in it, obviously, and deciding this isn't mine, this belongs to somebody. Somebody's day, somebody's week, somebody's month could be ruined if they don't get their purse back and straight away handing it in. Well done. Very, very honest person indeed. On the shaking of hands, morning Patricia, happy new year, many happy returns. Some people say that the practice of shaking hands in church should be stopped on account of of the flu that's around about at the moment and also the winter vomiting bug is quite bad as well. I have not got any issue with the shaking of hands because after all, everyone holds on to the church seating when you're getting in and out of the pew or in and out of the seat, as has all of the other people who've passed through the church that day. Surely there's more contamination on the seats and on the pew in front of you than there would be by simply shaking hands with uh, someone. Um, and Mary Amado says, I rang the parish centre. Oh, go on, Mary. To ask priests not to ask people to shake hands. I did it a few weeks ago. Can I tell you, says Mary, it made no difference at all. At Christmas Eve mass, the priest asked everyone to offer each other the sign of priests. Tell our priests to wake up, says Mary in Mallow. And it's up to the priests they are the ones who need to lead by example. And I know when this has occurred before and we have spoken with the diocese, they say if we get on like to the bishops to find out what is the, what are they telling or are they giving direction to their priests, they normally tell us that it's up to the individual parish priest to decide if in that particular church they're not going to offer the sign of peace. Sometimes it's the priests themselves will do it. But I don't think any, any direction comes down from the diocese. Maybe if the epidemic of flu gets worse, maybe it is something that the bishops may consider doing. But as of now, it seems to be individual choices on behalf of the priest at whatever mass you are going to. And someone says, hi Patricia, say well done to John Paul for the great show on C103. Uh, John, he stood in last yesterday evening when um, at very short notice, can I say, and he did the programme, the Legends and the Irish programme last night and it was a fine, fine show. So I will pass on your kind comments to JP. Thank you, Edwin, who sent in that text. And hi, Patricia. While you've been talking about taking down the decorations today on the programme, what can be done with the old Christmas cards and the birthday cards? Again, this is something that comes up every single year without fail. I'll have to check and see if we kept any. There were some addresses that we had of people that kept Christmas cards. But I know when we looked into it before, the cost of actually, you know, bundling up all the Christmas cards and sending them off, particularly if it's been used by a charity, sometimes they'll get... you. The, the charity would get more by you making the donation than actually putting it in stamps to send it. But anyway, we'll see if there's a place where you could drop off Christmas cards, anybody collecting Christmas cards. Sometimes you'll hear of people using them for arts and crafts and they'll go on to make other beautiful cards, handmade cards. And there's something lovely about a handmade birthday card or a Christmas card. So perhaps we can find out some, any centres, maybe daycare centres for the elderly, maybe creches for children, nurseries, schools maybe. Anybody using old Christmas cards because it does seem such a shame to simply stick them in the bin but if you are sticking them in the bin can I remind you please to make sure that you do recycle them and that you put them into your recycling bin and on recycling bins Liam in Kilbritton was on to say the three recycling bins in Kilbritton are all full. They were full before Christmas and now they're absolutely overflowing. Liam said we're constantly hearing and encouraging people to recycle but it's a disgrace that being left that way. If you're going to get people to recycle you have to make it as easy as possible for people and one of the ways is to make sure that those bins have been emptied. Now I don't know if anybody in the Kilbritton area, if there's a telephone number, usually there's 
there's a number or if they're run by the council you could ring the council to get on to somebody to alert them to the fact that the bins are full if somebody wants to let me know if they've done that or if they can point us in the direction we'll try and get on to somebody to see I don't know who is responsible for those recycling bins in Kilbritton but I imagine there is a similar story with a lot of the recycling bins across Cork City and County because people are very good about recycling but the amount of waste that we generate over Christmas really is phenomenal so you could see those bins filling up very very quickly indeed 1850 John Paul taking your calls text or WhatsApp 0862 103 103 The C103 Cork Diary With Cork County Council Supporting businesses Supporting communities Serving Cork Visit corkcoco.ie The Music Room in Boherbui are having their next presentation tonight at 8 o'clock in the Parish Hall It's Members' Choice and all are very welcome Ballinhasse Community Development They've got a social dance in the Marion Hall tomorrow night Dancing to C and M Sound and it's from 9.45 tomorrow night there will be a sparkling afternoon tea for Women's Little Christmas in the Celtic Ross Hotel in Moscarbury on the 4th of January from 12 noon to 3pm. There will be entertainment with a pianist and a vocalist and all proceeds are going to the Simon community. And Roberts Cove Festival Family Vintage Car and Vintage Tractor Run will be held next Sunday. Registration is open at the GAA Hall at 11am for tractors and proceeds are going to the Kinsale Community Hospital. Cork Today on C103. With a solid fuel depot at Drew's Fuel and Go. Shortcastle Street, Mallow. Smokeless coal, turf, gas and kiln dried wood. Open late seven days. Lowcostfuel.ie Listeners just sent in a text. It's a pretty dreary old day out there today saying, Patricia, will you please, please, please ask drivers to turn on their car lights. So many cars are driving in rainy, cloudy, foggy conditions that we're getting at the moment with no lights on and it is extremely dangerous so if you're listening to me in the car at the moment can you check and see are the lights on you really do need to uh, light up even though we're in the middle of the day but it is quite dull uh, and uh, in some areas it's, 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 it is making driving uh, quite tricky so do, just be careful when you're out there uh, 1850 333 103 now in the early hours of last Monday morning an unknown number of people are believed to have entered the premises of Mallow Autograss Club where they caused extensive damage to talk about the likely repair bill and to outline the damage that was done. I'm joined by Michelle Cusack of the Mallow Auto Grass Club. Uh, good afternoon to you, Michelle. Hi, how are you? I'm very well. And, and firstly, can I start by saying commiserations to you and to, uh, to the other members? I saw the video clip that, that you put up online. It really is shocking what has happened. Can you outline to our listeners just how much damage has been done? Um, there's... It's it's completely gone. Like when you drive into our track now, we used to have a little hut where you take payments for people to come in and see our days racing. And then there's a big field there where on big days we'd have campers and um, trailers and things parked. Can you imagine a wet field and they were driving around a car and that's so they dug up that field. Then you make your way down around our track and then we have a sign on hut where people that are racing sign on for the days racing. Um, they threw stone in that door window and broke all the glass and smashed up all around that area. Then they went down by our toilets and they had one of the cars. Obviously, um, they must have hit 
the side of the toilets with a car because we have a metal beam outside it and they bent it in. So that beam blocked them opening the ladies' door toilet. So they couldn't get into ladies' toilets, but they went to the next toilet, which is the disabled toilet, and they just broke the toilet, the sink. Like they literally well, smashed the toilet? Yeah, yeah. Just went in and smashed it, which whatever they had to do it. In the track, it says there's a barn. The barn is long to our landowners, and inside there we keep two recovery jeeps. So for they're just for the day's racing, mm. taking cars in and off the track if they break down, etc. They broke all the windows and things in them. Then they found two racing cars belonged to landowners and took them out and must have been driving around, um, not on the track, but for where you park, where you'd um, view the racing, for spectators watch the racing. They were driving up and around there, so they pulled up poles, um, roping, hard fencing, ruined all that, did severe damage to the two racing cars. And then the main unit is our race control. So it's like a two-level race control. So you go up the first step of stairs and you go in and there's little rooms inside in the unit. One room would be for the lap recorders. Other rooms would be used for various different things, storage and everything. Inside there, we would have had our fire extinguishers, our flags, our PA system, our speakers, our marquee, trophies, paperwork, certs, everything. Everything you'd need for a day's racing, gone. You go up the second flight of stairs then in our unit and you have a place where you can watch the racing and there's another little hut for the commentator to commentate on the day's racing and those speakers that we had up there are gone, are, are destroyed now as well. So there wasn't actually anything left on the track how, how, that wasn't destroyed. Michelle, how were you alerted to the vandalism? And the landowners had gone up to check on the track, which they do regularly. And on Monday, when he went up on Monday... Um, he noticed that the gate was damaged, and then he saw the hut. And when he came down, he saw um, the rest of it. So he notified the guardie then, and the guardie came up on Monday and did their investigation. And we're just waiting now to hear back from the guardie to see if they have any update. Has anything like this ever happened before? No, no, um, no, nothing like nothing to this extent. Never had any issues above there. We're there since two thousand and fifteen. And it's never been subject to this kind of vandalism ever. And, you know, Michelle, it would have been bad enough if they'd entered the club, the grounds, and gone for a joyride around the track, believing, yeah. you know, they were the yeah. greatest racers ever, ever. And that yeah. would have been bad enough. But it was, it was to destroy it. It just it makes no it. sense. No. It was, it, it, that's what we were saying as a club. If they just come in and drove around, or if they had did some damage, but... They destroy. They, they've got us the whole place. Everything we've had, everything we had, is now gone. Like we're, we're starting from scratch. No. And I so I, we should have done this at the outset for those um, not familiar familiar with the sport. Just explain what autograss is. Autograss is it's a foreign motorsport. Um, we start on a straight line, a cars on a straight line, and we race around a track for four or five laps, depending on. The races themselves, heats are different, finals are different. We race from, it was 12, now it's 10. So from 10 years of age, you can race right up until whatever age you want to stop racing at. Yeah. We have different classes to suit everybody. So you have junior classes and then you have other men's classes and you have ladies' classes. So we, we are a motorsport, uh, motorsport and we drive around um, tracks. 
that's what we, we're not yeah. like rallying we're not in stages you you don't just see us going you can watch the whole race from spectator length and it's it's proving to be a popular sport it is we have a huge event um, coming up in May um, it's the British Autograph Series it's five rounds It's tw- the, the series is actually 25 years old this year and it's never the first time it came to Ireland was two years ago and we had it we had it again last year we're having a round again this year, which brings in maybe 400 cars, maybe 450, 500 drivers. But you also have all the families and all yeah, the supporters yeah. that come with them. And they all come in their campers and their, their trailers and they stay in the track. But there's an awful lot of them would stay in the local hotels, um, villages. But all these people travel to Mallow, Mitchellstown, into Kildallery, up to the city. So it's good for the economy as well as it is yeah, and as you say, so, they, they come from all parts of the United Kingdom. And there's only four clubs. You're, you're one of four there's clubs in Ireland, isn't it? Four clubs in Ireland. There's yeah. Cork, Mallow, Waterford and Carlow. Now, with what has happened, will you still be able to host that event in May, Michelle? Oh, we're, we're a good, strong club and That's we're very determined to get our track back up and running well for done. our first day's racing in, in April and March. That will be our aim. How much are back. the likely repair bills going to be? And we were up there on Tuesday and we did a rough estimate and it was coming into 30 grand, but that could go more. Oh, it's a lot of money for it's a, a voluntary money. club. Do you get, yeah. is there any, do you get grants or anything? No, 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 no. we're non-profit, like, we're non-profit. Um, everything, everything now that we'll get will be done through fundraising and we've set up a GoFundMe page. And, um, uh, yeah, and I, I, I'll get John Paul to share that GoFundMe page. We'll share it on our on our fr- Facebook page afterwards. And the initial reaction to the GoFundMe page is quite good, isn't it's, it? It's good. It yeah. is good. It, it's, People it's, are kind. They're kind, and we've had so much help, offers of help, and from all walks of life. Like the yeah. motorsports in Ireland have been other clubs, like not Oshkosh, but other motorsports. Um, People just wanting to help you out. Wanting to help, yeah. exactly. Uh, so we've been on engaged with help. Because I'm, I'm assuming when the news broke, you know, amongst the club members, uh, Michelle, that everyone was gutted. I mean, you must have been all very upset by it. Yeah, devastated. Yeah. Like, there was, like, we, we went in there in 2015, but members had worked tirelessly before we, to get up to, to get the venue up there. Ever before we even got in there, there was years and years and years and years of work put into it. And then there's been years and years of work to, to get it to a better standard every every year. But now it's all gone. It's it's just just destroyed. because a bunch of cogs yeah. had nothing yeah, better nothing to, do to do over an evening or a night or whenever. Yeah. And obviously, as with other acts of vandalism that we've been talking about today on the program, if anybody knows anything, because often Jack the lads like this will be boasting, or somebody might have taken a picture or a video. Yeah. There's, there's definitely some Snapchat. There's definitely some video. There's definitely something out there. We we just really need that person, just one person, to say, "Look, here it is." Yeah, yeah. You know, like th- there is something there. But look, hopefully, we will we will get something. From yeah. home. And you'll be back up and running before before you know it, uh, Michelle. Yeah. Here's a lovely text and says, uh, "Trish, I had tears in my house when this news came out about the Mallow Autograss uh, Club. My son, who is 11, he does autographs. He was devastated. He can't understand why somebody would do this. They're nothing but thugs. Yeah, how do you explain that to a little 11 year old? And it's his hobby and his passion. It's you know, 
that's yeah. it that's it's, it and like that's, that's from somebody involved in the sport as well like it's just so heartbreaking for them because in their sport there's a lot of young kids that watch their parents race and then they get to the age that they're oh we can't wait now we're going racing so they've waited to get to the stage that they're allowed to race and then it repeats the cycle they grew up they have their kids and then their kids come along yeah. you know it's just yeah. it's very family oriented so there is a lot of heartbroken families around the place now the moment. And I could see a lot of people are very, very annoyed uh, by it. And some of those comments, by the way, I simply couldn't read out. I can see how <laughs> we couldn't use that kind of language on air, folks. I'm sorry. All right. Listen, Michelle, we will keep in contact with you. And as I say, we'll share the Facebook, uh, we'll share your GoFundMe page. And if you've got any fundraisers coming up, let us know and we'll plug them like mad for you. And uh, we'll get you back up and running before you know it. That's great. Thanks very much for And thank you. Bye bye. Bye bye. Uh, that is Michelle Cusack joining us from the Mallow Auto Grass Club and it really is shocking Eddie said what a waste for this to happen and then they're saying sure there's nothing to keep the young fellas occupied or young ones occupied if they keep destroying things then one day it'll be right there will be nothing for them Here's, here is a hobby that young people can take part in as well it really is quite quite shocking 1850 and by the way on the Pope and the Pope Greg grabbing and slapping the woman's arm and he has apologised. He did say he lost his uh, patience and he has apologised for what he did. Some of your comments in on that. Uh, Mary asks was his security team wrong that they didn't intervene? If that was the President of America that lady would have been shot. Oh dear God. Um, there was security around him but I, I don't know I, I don't know how they much they interact to the, you know they're standing watching the crowd and making sure you know that nobody we've had assassination attempts God knows on popes previously but would should they have interacted should they've gone over and sort of said the, the, certainly the way I was looking at it the security guys were on the other side maybe they didn't see because you could see by the Pope's face that he was getting very annoyed with this woman but I don't know whether the security guards were looking at the Pope or looking at the crowd did anybody notice that this woman did seem to really grab his hand quite tightly because a few people are saying are making that point that it's the woman was actually grabbing his hand in, in quite a forceful way including like Lorraine says in fairness to the Pope if you saw any very elderly person being dragged by the arm bearing in mind that the Pope is 83 it looked it did look as if this woman was actually hurting him you shouldn't claw at somebody like that at the end of the day he's only human Happy New Year to you. And that was the point I made. It is, pro- it is proofing that he is human. And a couple of other people saying the Pope was, including John, the Pope was right to slap the woman's hand away. If that was anybody else being grabbed like that, you would slap her away to get her away, to get her to let your hand go. And as I say, in the woman's defence, I think she just probably got so excited about being so close to the Pope. 1850-333-103. John Paul taking your calls. Text or WhatsApp 862 Cork today on C103. With a solid fuel depot at Drew's Fuel and Go. Shortcastle Street, Mallow. Open seven days for smokeless coal, turf, kiln-dried wood and gas. Lowcostfuel.ie Egg foil and mock quid then and here is far lane. Shot eight thrower C103 Air Kirkig. Is Marga Bay in the English market a Lorha Harkurki in a will Ramesh Lahan Stali Yakas Shastoin, Le Bushdari, Bokhari, Kanahori Aishk, Stali Glossary, Shapui Cafe, a Hodas Clohush, Agas Avadni Smo. Dinkor Olu Hosu the Hodil, Win Sultas and Atmosphere, Nablasana, Agas Blafele, Un Irgnif Shah, a hand sheer. 
Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win. And support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ, the official ETF of the NCAA. The future isn't scary, not realizing its potential, however, could be. Just like on the recruiting trail, I've seen potential come in many forms as a coach. Learn more at Invesco.com slash QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc. Nukta, quid denaniha is fari gorkik, C103. This is the Cork Today replay on C103. Now, if you have just left school or college, are unemployed, or have been made redundant, or want to return to work, and would be interested in a career in the hospitality sector, then Francis Brennan's new TV programme might just be for you. Hotelier and TV personality Francis Brennan joins me. Good afternoon to Hi, you, Francis. How are you this morning? Good. Ha- happy, afternoon, ha- you. Yeah, it's afternoon, it is. Yeah. Happy New Year to you. And you too. All good. You had a nice Christmas? I had an absolutely a busy Christmas because yeah. I had a house full of visitors. What were you working? Were you also, off? I was working. My, I was. They were joking me here. I was. I, it's, I've worked for forty Christmases in, on the trot, <laughs> <laughs> and we really work. It's a busy time, you know. But sure, listen, not to worry. It's over today. We're closing now. The last guest just checked out. And what, so, will you now take a break? Yeah, we're going. We're all heading for Malta through Cork on Sunday for four nights. That's okay. our staff holiday that we do every year. That's not necessarily part of the Five Star Academy. Just to okay. it's my own choice, all right? So we go off every year when we've had 38 staff holidays and we're off to Malta on Sunday for four days. And how many staff members go? 42. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm here this morning now and they're all saying, listen, I, 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 can you make sure that I'm sleeping with Mary and oh, yeah, I'm not yeah. with Jim and, and Joe is over yeah, there. Yeah, she and, snores. Yeah, and, they all, and they're all like, where they're going to sleep and, where, and, and I hear with a file as thick as a telephone directory and I'm trying to figure out where they're going to sleep at all never mind where they're going to sleep with or whoever if you know what I mean And do you take them off on excursions or does everybody just do oh, their no. own thing? No, no, we have a whole programme lined up when we get there well, have you? But they never know so I won't be saying what we will or won't be doing because <laughs> it's always a surprise and it's always good Isn't that fat? Well, I'm way better than a Christmas party night out where people oh, sure, go Oh, listen well, you know, people say, well, you know, the way it started was People would give me money, me now, yeah. Mr. B, Mr. Brennan, they call me Mr. B, that they would, that for having stayed like, you know, maybe 100 euros or 200 euros in the summer, but if you give everybody, like, we have 70 staff, 
And if you give everybody a, a share of the hundred, they all get one fifty. Do you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, yeah. So we used to put it. I put it into a bank account, and then at the end of the year, I look and see what's in it, and then I add to it. Okay, and yeah. then we get a holiday. But a holiday is worth much more than your one fifty in July or August. Do you Absolutely, know what I mean? because it's a lifetime memory. It's terrific. Yeah. And, and who picks the destination? Myself. And always, <laughs> well, we always look, uh, ease of, of access is very important. Of course, Ryanair have been terrific now in the last number of years. And like Cork, we're going Cork to Malta direct. So that's brilliant. Yeah, yeah. You know and Malta's mean? lovely. Have you been there before? Oh, I have. I have been. Yeah. It'll be my fourth time there, actually. Uh, it's know. lovely. No, it's lovely. lovely. It is nice. And so handy from Cork, you know. And working over Christmas, is that one of the downsides to the industry that when the majority of us are on holidays... You guys yeah. have to be, be at yeah, work. I, I, well, of course, I never see it as a downside because I've always done it. And uh, funny enough, the staff that work with me here all the time, they don't see it as a downside. It's just like, that's our job and we just get on with it. And I can have a Tuesday off in August or I can have a, a, a Monday off in July. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. There's an awful lot of pluses to it as well because if you want, you know, you can put your two days off for one week. To your, like, if your friend's going away, say, on a Tuesday, you can have your two days from the week before and your two days from the week after together and you get your four days off and you yeah. can go off on a five-day trip. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, So, yeah. like, you can't do that if you work in a bank. Do you know what I mean? And this, so, this new programme is called Francis Brennan's Five-Star five five Train Academy. Academy. Tell us about it. Yeah. Well, what we're intending to do is to get eight or ten youngsters, okay, are, age isn't actually a part, part of it at all, because actually I was talking to a gentleman over the Christmas here who is he's in his 30s and he's very keen. I okay. said, just apply. I gave him the details, okay, um, to apply. Um, and what we will do is we will take, we, we'll interview those people, all right, and we will offer them um, positions within the industry around Ireland. It'll be like all around the country and working in five-star, that type of establishment. And the idea will be that we will put you to a training programme where you'll get so many weeks or whatever it will be. We haven't worked out the actual final details just yet, but we'll work like we... And you will definitely work as the concierge in the kitchen, in food and beverage, and in housekeeping. That's our intention, that we will work in those four areas where you will get experience and things. And then, at the end of the period of training, we can, if you're really into it, we'll get you a job somewhere. Wow. Okay, whatever that might be. Not necessarily here now, just in case anyone thinks there's always, they're all coming to the park. I wouldn't have situations, that number of availability. I know, that I know. But um, we get them a job uh, if they're interested and then they have a career. Because uh, like a lot of people don't necessarily go to college for hotel management. I did. Now John is an example, never went. Okay? I yeah. See where he is today, he's not a bother on him. Um, in that sense. So uh, the, it's, it's, it's a great industry for people to come in to learn as you move along and move up through the industry. And you and you put them into every different aspect of the yeah, hotel. that's the idea. Which is? It's to see all aspects of it. Because people, you know, certain people have uh, kind of a penchant for maybe housekeeping or whatever it might be, or the bar or whatever it might be. They'll yeah. find their niche, you know. But over, like when I look back at my time here, like over the years, we have done that always. I've always done, that's what we've done with people. Do you know what I mean? Because we take youngsters from town here and all around the surrounding areas and John does the same in Drunkin' Manor for the weddings. And, like, they work with us, and then they get an idea of what it's like and all the rest, you know? And we have a young, a nice young boy at the moment, uh, John Rice, he works on reception as a receptionist, um, which is interesting. But he loves it because he plays, what do you call it, he plays um, GAA all the yeah, time. Yeah, yeah. And he, what do you call it, he... Um, He's, uh, he can get every, like, now yesterday, as an example, they had a match yesterday morning at 11, whatever, I don't know where it was, and, like, there was no, there was no problem for him because he just did the late shift, you know what I mean? Yeah, and finished. then he was able to play yeah. his match and the then next day. he watches yeah. his training all the time, 
which is uh, great because he just says, can I have Tuesday and Thursdays off or whatever it is. It's no problem. Do you know, like on a reception situation, whether you have A, B or C working, it doesn't matter as long as the shift is covered. And I always feel for hotel reception, if you were, there are some people that are just, you've got to be a people person. If, yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I'd love that because I love meeting people. I love chatting yeah. to people. And that's what the good reception well, is. You couldn't do, you couldn't get better than being on a reception talk. Yeah. People, do you know what I mean? Yeah. And like this morning now, we had all the checkouts there. This, I was chatting to everybody and they're all going off and all that. And it's very, no, it's like, it's, we never look at that sort of oh, I work Christmas Day. That, that, if you have to, if you're in the hotel zone, you don't think like that. Yeah, you know. And is it hard to get staff? We don't have any trouble at the park, right? To be quite honest, but there is elements now in the cities that are under pressure because it's not a highly paid um, position. If you know what I mean, it's not yeah. like, um, like a computer engineer, or whatever it might be. It wouldn't be at that sort of level, um, and then accommodation becomes the problem. Like we have, a, we have two houses here in town that we own that we use for accommodation yeah. because uh, it can marry expensive down the summer to get accommodation because people can do uh, weekly rentals and they get much more, you know. Um, yeah, but, do, but in the middle time. of the city, in the middle of Cork City or Dublin City? Yeah. Or it, it is difficult. Yeah. yeah, it is difficult. And actually a number of my hotelier friends all around the country have sort of organised that they've bought houses and made, you know, dormitories in them or whatever it was. To give accommodation yeah, to the staff, yeah. If you, can, if you can give them accommodation, it's a great yeah, bonus, yeah, yeah. you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so people, so no so, experience needed for this no, for your, for your new program. Actually, you know, all we want is a smile and a happy disposition. Okay, if you're good at that, we'll tell you the rest. How do people apply? Yeah, they apply at info at Waddell Media. I spell it W A D D E L L Media M E D I A dot com. Okay, uh, waddellmedia.com you'll push it up okay again. and we will indeed yeah. and your applications need to be in fairly soon I imagine yeah no well, uh, like we'll be going at it from about the 20th of January we'll be set, sorting through and then going through interviews. okay so this is this is the time to, yeah. to get the, the application in but anyone I, now listen anyone listening that's keen yeah apply or if you have a son or daughter keen yeah, you know exactly, what you yeah. talked about yeah. over dinner tonight yeah. Come here, I loved your last TV show the All, the hands, on, the all hands on Deck one yeah. yeah and that was a good example of doing all the different yeah, aspects very good very good because I, I was launched into that role so I, I'll, I'll be very new at it for all of them so it'll be grand no the, 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 um, All Hands on Deck was in my mind it was a great show to show how the boat worked yeah you know yeah. and loads of people said to me I never I never thought of the laundry my god almighty tonight. incredible you know? Yeah. Incredible. It was like all that laundry coming at you every day. And I loved the scene where you were trying to get the people back onto the boat. The oh, people yeah. then went off on the day trips. What? <laughs> they think that the boat's just going to wait for you? Like? Yeah. No, yeah, people are really fun. Oh, no, really? And, they were, and the last people were two Japanese people. They They're, were dreamy, dreamy, and they were 12 minutes late. <laughs> like, they were very lucky. <laughs> <laughs> they were in another world. Listen, go enjoy your trip to Malta, please Francis. God, we look forward God. to the show on the TV. It's yes. a pleasure as always to talk to you. Thank you for as that. Always, thanks. Bye. Good morning to you. Bye-bye. Good afternoon. That is the wonderful, wonderful Francis Brennan. So info at waddlemedia.com for you if you, you'd like to apply you'd like to take part I think it's going to be a fun programme Francis Brennan's Five Star Training Academy Thank you to Councillor Kevin Murphy listening to the programme today he heard me mention that the recycling bins are full in Kilbritton he's going to report them and make sure that they get emptied thank you for that uh, Kevin and someone was on asking do I have a telephone number to report a street light out at uh, SSE Airtricity they look after faults on street lights and you can report Port your street light to a free phone number 1800 372 Just check, go out to the poll first. There's a number. Each poll has an individual number. You're going to need that when you ring it through, but uh, they'll look after you. SSE Airtricity 1800 
0818-372-772. That's where I'll leave you for today. Thank you to John Paul McNamara for producing. Uh, apologies if we didn't get around to all your texts and calls. We've been extremely busy. We are back with you tomorrow, though, at 10 o'clock. Onto the line, Patricia Messenger. Very good afternoon. Court today on C103. With a solid fuel depot at Drew's Fuel and Go. Shortcastle Street, Mallow. Call and collect or get seven-day delivery for those cosy nights in. Lowcostfuel.ie. C103 Anthems. C103 Anthems. Weekday mornings from 9 and evenings at 7. Cork's greatest hits. C103. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinarian developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.